0: You're listening to episode 4 of the Sovereign Sessions. (tongue) (tongue) So hey, Welcome to this episode of The Sovereign Sessions. If you're new to this podcast, my name is Kathleen Sylvia Salens and I'm the founder of The House of Unfairling, which is a website with coaching, wisdom and resources for women walking the priestess path. Before you start listening to this episode, I just want to say that this podcast is probably the most laid back and least organized of all of my offerings. So the way that I envision this is usually I'll be sitting outside on a Saturday or Sunday evening and I start talking about a topic that feels relevant and that kind of feels like the two of us could be having a conversation about if you were there with me. So it's very informal, it's very laid back and i hope that you like this format now for this specific episode there will be some background noise so first there's some beautiful birds singing all throughout this episode because i recorded this at 8 p.m. at night and so that's usually the time when the birds in our garden do their late night singing and then there are some noises um, of my husband doing some work in our garden. So that is like a couple of minutes of some um, yeah, metal kind of clanging noises um, that I cannot filter out of the audio, so I do apologize for that. Okay, so let's dive in. So, as you know, at the House of Unfurling, we walk a deeply embodied path of connecting to your feminine essence and deep wisdom. And it's a path steeped in the ancient priestess practices combined with a contemporary expression of devotional service and savvy businesswomanship and wise leadership. Now, underlying all of that, at the core of all of that, what that requires is that we are fully anchored into our embodied sovereign self. So today, in this episode, I want to talk with you about sovereignty. And it's quite a complex kind of topic. Um, So it is something that I feel like I've angered into, and at the same time, it's one of those themes in my own life that definitely I keep evolving into, and my understanding of it and my felt experience of it continue to deepen this episode it's not really like a lecture, it's more like an exploration and I'm interested in hearing what this opens up for you, because I know that as we share our understandings of these themes and what we're moving into as a collective, we build from one another's insights and it lands differently for all of us in our lives, so I'm really grateful actually to be sharing my perspectives with you. So when we talk about sovereignty, first of all, it comes back to the self and it comes back to words like self-agency, self-authority. And so it's really important as we dive into this topic to start with the notion that it is the self, but it's not individuality. Meaning when we look at sovereignty, of the self, it's not in the sense that it is a selfish kind of thing or that it is a, an exclusive focus on the individual. And in a way, in my experience, what happens when you really fully step into sovereignty is you actually open up more to a deepened understanding of the collective. And a deepened sense of belonging to the collective. So, again, like so much in this work and in this path is really about paradox. We walk in the darkness and it reveals more light. And we go deeper into the self, we go deeper inward and it. Reveals more of the sense of belonging and being anchored into a sense of the collective. So it's like one always, also, it's a dance between two things that don't seem to be related. They seem rather like opposites, and yet there is this weaving from the one to the other that happens. And so with sovereignty, I think this is probably why, for me, this feels like such a key element in our evolution, um, both as individuals and the collective, because as we deepen into our own stories and journeys and our own sense of power, we actually deepen into our relating to the other. So it's more like sovereignty for me is more like an integration and a full activation of our presence in the collective web and we are always all present within the collective web but when you step into your own sovereignty what happens is that you step into the web as well in a very conscious, intentional way. And this is where I feel that our creative power really becomes magnified because we step into our own lives and we step into our role as a creator within the collective, within, let's say, the kind of the envisioning of the future for humankind, not just our own lives or our own families. But in that larger, broader kind of perspective, it feels like there is such incredible fuel and power and intentionality that comes with us really stepping into and anchoring into our own sovereignty it's almost like if you look at the energy of this what it feels like it's our own sovereignty within the collective it becomes like a very sharp sharpened kind of focus whereas many people they navigate the world and their lives and the collective energies on autopilot um and we all know that that is mostly based on unconscious patterning and programming in our neural networks so when you step into your own sovereignty what happens is that you no longer operate from that autopilot and trigger responses you come from a very conscious um, viewpoint and experience and so rather than being tossed about on the waves of the collective, you are like this very stable boat that is navigating the waves and has a very specific focus and direction. So sovereignty comes with a lot of intentionality, I would say, within the energy. Now, I actually wrote down a couple of things because um, there are so many different aspects to sovereignty that we can explore together. So one of the first things that came to me, besides this aspect of we go back towards the self, but in a way, paradoxically, it opens up uh, us up to being much more at home in the collective humankind. So that was number one, the first observation that I want to make about this. The second one is a quote that came to me as I was writing an article about the priestess path. And the quote that came to me goes like this. The temples lie within us and they cannot be destroyed so it's a quote that you'll see um more in the next couple of weeks i think i'll probably post that article but what it really comes down to for me (laughs) when i heard that quote for the first time kind of coming up as i was journaling it's um It's like really this notion that so much of what we seek lies within us. And we carry the seeds and the blossoming of the sacred within us. We carry the wisdom within us. We carry the knowing of how to navigate our world in a different way. We carry that within us. And especially, I think like the temples for me really holds that frequency and that energy of the sacred. So <clears throat> the notion that they, that cannot be destroyed because it lies at the core of you. It is part of your innermost experience and it's just such a private and personal thing. You know, we just, it is, it's private and personal to our experience and we get to deepen into that in our own time and our own life experience and uh, we don't necessarily have to share about that with the world but it is something that is felt so um, it's just such a powerful revelation again about sovereignty meaning that it really is like this thing that you cannot create in any outward form Like, I sometimes talk about um, spirituality or the priestess path as a performance. And, you know, that is part of our culture. Our culture is very performance-based. And so that kind of bleeds into some of the more sacred parts that we start to explore for ourselves. But then when you really start to walk that path and after the first couple of spirals on the path... What happens is that you start to deepen into that experience, and you start to really—it's um, more like the inner layers and the deeper layers of the path and the experience of spirituality or the priestess path—they start to reveal themselves to you. They don't reveal themselves, um, you know, from the get-go. I think we do all have some very magical, amazing mysterious experiences um, often at the start of our path but then most of the really deep magical mysterious mystical experiences really come when we start to deepen and so to me that is such a big part of sovereignty because it really requires if you want to unlock that felt experience of sovereignty and the code within us of sovereignty, we have to always, always come back to the starting point that lies within us. That is a gateway. And so one of the key elements of sovereignty to me is the gateway of inner wisdom and trust. These two aspects of our path and our journey and our experience are something that we have to start to deepen into and start to have a felt notion and knowing and experience of before we can really start to feel what sovereignty feels like so i hope that makes sense um I find that a concept like sovereignty is sometimes really kind of hard to describe in words because it is a felt experience. And so trying to explain this to someone else, what that feels like in their own experience and body um, can sometimes be challenging. But for me, what I've definitely noticed is that sovereignty was something that I could mentally and logically kind of try and understand. And I had a felt remembrance of that. But within my current life experience, um, the felt experience of sovereignty wasn't available to me until I really started to fully um, trust my own inner knowing and wisdom. And so that to me definitely is, is one of the I think, required gateways into sovereignty to start relying on yourself, on your own knowing, to start to see yourself as the authority on your own path. And then another word, so self-authority is definitely an element, an aspect and component of sovereignty. And then there is self-agency. Now, self-agency, to me, that feels like this experience of being able to fully inhabit ourselves so to fully be able to be within our own bodies and not try to numb our experience not try to run from it um which both are tactics that we um have been trained into within the society. Um, one of the things that comes with sovereignty is also this experience of deep bliss and ecstasy and what you could call an almost tantric experience of life. And for many of us, when we start to tune into that and tap into that, it actually feels at first like a scary thing because to our nervous system to our physical body our emotional body it feels like too much and we cannot really handle that much pleasure and that much voltage you could say or life force that runs through us becomes available to us Um, so Many of us, even on this path, will still have this experience of numbing or trying to tone down our felt experience at first. And so self-agency and so full sovereignty, embodied sovereignty, only becomes really truly available to us when we really start to fully allow ourselves to inhabit ourselves in every moment, every single experience that we feel. And so it is, I really think that this word, again, like the temple and then inhabiting ourselves, it really refers to this experience of being fully at home in our bodies and fully having a trusting relationship with our bodies. Like there's partnership there, there's an allyship there, and there's a comprehension there between the two parties, you and your awareness and, and your body. So that is another aspect, I think, of sovereignty that is just so important to understand, is that it really is accessible only when you fully start to inhabit your physical experience. So another element of sovereignty is that like I said before, there is like this paradox that is happening where your own experience of yourself with yourself as a whole and complete being becomes like so profound. Um, and you start to really experience what it feels like to fully, fully live within your physical body and also have this deeply accessible experience of a wider self like the more mystical aspect of this experience and what then happens is that we also at the same time develop what i would call a right relationship with the other and with the world so there's three components really to right relationship There's one with the self where your experience becomes so fully deep and inhabits every single dimension and experience of you. And then there is the right relationship with other and the world. So sovereignty has that built within this experience or concepts. to fully experience sovereignty is to not just be in right relationship with yourself but also with the other two meaning that you start to relate to others in a completely different way and this is where sovereignty often outwardly expresses as boundaries but also as empowered compassion and then the third aspect of relationship with the world is where you fully start to inhabit your space as a human within a larger collective and where you start to explore what that can look like and what your role within that can be. So another thing that is so important about sovereignty is that it isn't just a concept or an understanding. It is an actual energetic and felt and lived experience. So that is important because when we talk about things like right relationship with self and other and world, you need to know what it feels like in your body when you're fully inhabiting that sense of sovereign self. And then you can, from that space, you actually then can explore what it looks like to be in right relationship with the self and with the other and with the larger collective. And that means that in that exploration, again, it isn't just like a theoretical exploration. It is something where your whole being comes online and is alive to that exploration. In a way, it means that you have your mental faculties online, your thinking, your analytical uh, capabilities, but you also have your whole emotional experience that goes with you in that exploration, your physical body. Goes with you in that exploration, and the wider self or the more mystical component comes with you as well in that exploration. And so it means that when you go into exploration, it really has so much potency and like aliveness and energetic availability that you bring. Um, to that exploration, that means that you actually you can think about things, but you can also already start to see how you can start taking actions. So it is not just a place of presence in the world. It's also a place of acting in the world. So again, to me, that is why the word self-agency feels so relevant when we talk about sovereignty, Because agency really means that you act and not just observe from a distance. Okay, you're fully in the experience. And from your exploration with your entire whole complete being online, you start to really see pathways to bring your agency into each of these three components of right relationship. Now, why is this so important? It's important because we all have agency. And at this moment in time, like I'm sure there have been many moments like this in human history and there will be many more. But in this moment in time, we're at the choice point where each of us is actually being given the opportunity to really live, reflect on agency. So when we look at the collective, and for many of us, our experience within the collective has been with what one of my mentors, uh, Amanda Flaker, calls the hive mind. So the hive mind um, is, in my interpretation the hive mind is like a necessary element of being human and being an individual within a collective like when we look at our own brain functioning and the way that our body functions um there is a lot of the tasks that we do that are like um put on autopilot so we don't even have to think about them they just happen for us and they support us through our day-to-day and the same thing I feel is what the hive mind does for the collective humankind so it's like it's like this central database where we put in some of the more consistent programming that helps us as a collective to function so rules within a society Um, things that we all tend to agree on that all kind of gets programmed into the hive mind and it supports us in really being part of a collective now the thing is that um, the hive mind at the moment has been programmed with a couple of things that really um, i think we are starting to see no longer really serve us So we're becoming aware of the fact that there are some of these programs within the hive mind, so the autopilot programs for the collective of humankind, some of these programs are actually no longer something that we wish to take forward in the creation of our future. Because um, one of these programs, for instance, is the program of destruction, (laughs) so and we could talk about this for days because there's so much in there but one of the things is when we look around especially if you would look at like the collective from an energetic viewpoint you could almost compare it to a beehive and there's a swarm and the swarm just goes from one side to the other side. I don't know if you ever saw these images of wasps and bees when they swarm out and it's like this huge cloud, cloud of bees or wasps that just darts from one side of the sky or the orchard to the other. Um, that is kind of what the collective um, could be compared to. And when we look at some of the programs, specifically the program of destruction, it means that within these movements that there's almost a constant choosing that happens almost unconsciously or for the most part even unconsciously where we tend to choose things that do not benefit or longer term survival. So in terms of actual behaviour as the collective humankind, that looks like all over the world um there is this preoccupation with short-term gain versus longer term sustainability for instance which means that um, most of our forests are being destroyed, even when there are plenty of studies, scientific studies, that show that without, without the forests, there simply is no possibility on planet Earth for life, <laughs> because um, trees, have a very intricate root system, so they actually form and shape the kind of um, earth and soil that is available to us as humans. So if you take away all of the trees, what happens the whole root system dies and the, the, the soil becomes like this um, dead and infertile kind of thing that you cannot even do anything with right so and then of course you know above ground um there is everything that has to do with recycling air and producing oxygen so this is one of the most i think visible ways in which that we are constantly on a large scale level, choosing a destruction program. And there are many more ways, but um, for now, I just want to mention two other programs that I think are really important that we understand our part of the hive mind. The second one that I want to mention is the competition program, which says that there is not enough and If we are wanting to survive, we as individuals, or let's say a a specific nation in the world, then we have to do that by fighting against and overpowering the others, okay? And that too has become so deeply embedded in our hive mind that it is now a part of most people's everyday thinking and it's a part of religion it's a part of politics education economics Uh, it's a part of it's one of the most stubborn programs when we start to do any any type of self-growth or self-development work we become very conscious of where that competitive thinking lies within us And for many of us, it is one of the most tenacious ones, one of the harder ones really to shift and let go fully. Because it is so deeply embedded in the hive mind that when you do some individual work on that, it's like there's so many tendrils built within our societies and cultures and systems and organizations that we're like constantly being pulled back (laughs) So that makes it just a, a, one of the more harder ones to fully shake. And then the third one is separation, the separation program, which means that we feel like we're so fully, completely different from one another. We can never fully understand one another. We can never fully relate to one another. We can never fully trust one another. And therefore, we are separated. And because we are separated, We tend to think in us versus them kind of thinking. When we look at the hive mind. What happens is. The minute that we really start to. Bring ourselves into a powerful felt experience of sovereignty. What happens is that there is this. Understanding that we are actually a self-sustained energy system, whole and complete unto ourselves. And again, this is a felt experience. It's not just something that we think, we feel it. And so what you start to feel when you're fully locked into your embodied sovereignty is like this potent energy of creation and you feel the way in which it is self-sustained and so what comes with that is the realization and absolute relief of knowing and feeling that there is no need for grasping so what happens is we quite literally unplug from the whole lack matrix because we really feel that we are this inner source of limitless and never-ending fuel and that we just have that within ourselves so like i said it is an incredible relief it's like i think when people talk about freedom this is really what they refer to as well it's like this sense that we suddenly understand we truly do not need anything outside of ourselves to be self-sustained within the energy of creation. And what also comes with that is the extra dimension, again, that more mystical experience where we feel not just that energy within ourselves and that self-sustained source of energy within ourselves, we also feel how it is linked to the never-ending and again self-sustained source of energy that is God or the universe. So with sovereignty comes also the knowing that we all have access to that, which enables us to really look into the collective and look towards our own past experiences within the collective and we can really start to see that hive mind we can start to see these programs play out and the ways that we ourselves have plugged into that before and with sovereignty comes this absolute freedom because there is no longer any cord or like um link in the, in the way that you would seek your fuel within the hive mind or within that collective experience, you actually see that all of us have access to this self-sustained energy field and this experience of sovereignty. And so we understand that actually there is no lack. There cannot be lack because all of us have more than enough within ourselves and it can never run out. It is self-sustaining. It constantly creates itself and so, what happens is, with sovereignty comes also the understanding that there can be collaboration. And the collaboration that I have seen develop itself from sovereignty is like, it's an inc- intricate weaving where we are sovereign and whole unto ourselves. and. We also feel like the natural order, our natural desire as individuals is also to be a part of something bigger and to be a part of what I call togetherness, to have that felt experience of togetherness. And one of the ways in which that expresses itself is in collaboration. And at a more energetic level, what that feels like is like stepping into a field of union and an experience where you actually feel that field of humanity as being one. So where union is actually at the core, the truth of it, not separation. This is a very different kind of way of being and experiencing the world and I feel like right now so many of us are really grappling with questions, reflections and starting to become in a way radically honest with ourselves about what we're wanting to see and witness and create in our future. Now for a big part of our collective humankind there's still a lot of doubt about the fact that we can actually you know make a difference so we are starting really to become radically honest with ourselves and start to really recognize and acknowledge that we have that desire for a different reality and I feel like the next phase will be owning our desire really saying like this is what I want and how can we and I make that happen? And that is where I feel like most of us are really going to start to fully move to an exploration of what it means to be a creator within a collective and what it means to be a creator in our individual lives but also what it means to be sovereign and to really understand what that means on a very felt and embodied level and when we do that i have such hope for humanity and our future because the way that i experience sovereignty is like an incredible calm presence within myself where there's also a lot of fuel and fire so it feels like it it truly feels self-sustaining um So there's no fear within my being that this is ever going to run out because it is self-sustaining and I feel that and I can trust that and therefore I can really trust myself. I can trust myself in the sense that I can explore my desires, I can explore my visions and I know that I have the resilience and the um, sustenance in a way to continue to build towards that vision so again that word agency you know sovereignty is a presence it's a way of being it's a felt experience within ourselves from which we then move forward into the world but definitely that moving forward into the world to me is a very important component of that sovereignty when you lock into your own sovereignty you really feel that there is this dimension of act in the world, creating in the world, not being a bystander, not being someone who lives as a hermit, enjoying their own more like mystical, complete whole experience of life. No, there is definitely agency. And I feel like that is what we're moving into as a collective, really collaboration, envisioning togetherness, envisioning together, and then also really doing that from sovereign selves experiences so yeah I'm really excited about all of that and I'm so excited that you listened to this thank you so much for your patience as I try to voice some of the understandings that I've gained about uh, sovereignty on this path It's now um, the morning after recording this episode, and there's actually something else that I want to add to this conversation, because it doesn't really feel complete without this specific element. Now, first, you know, I could definitely talk about much more related to sovereignty than what we did in this episode, and I do realize that some of the things that I have discussed may be just... uh, feeling like a bit unfinished, um, but that's just because I don't want to make this episode too long and go into into too much detail. I just prefer to give you more elements to play with and explore in your own journey and your own time. But one element that I do want to add is this. um, When we talk about collaboration and envisioning in togetherness, I don't mean that we start to all think the same way about things. And that is so important because one of the things with the hive mind and especially also the program of competition, separation and distraction is that we have grown very intolerant of opinions, specifically any opinion that doesn't, doesn't somehow reflect our own. And what I've learned since really deepening into this felt experience of sovereignty. Sovereignty, when you start to land into it, really opens up the doors to so many other things that you cannot even start to fathom beforehand. And one of them is this realization that really we are all equal and that there is a way to be with one another and to be in togetherness and to be in a collective where each of us can really embrace our individuality, where we can celebrate each other's individuality. So not just a society where we tolerate individuality, but one where we can celebrate that as something that is so valuable and magical. Like the essence of life is variety. And I'm feeling that as the more of us start to land back into our own lived sovereignty, that we will come back to a society where we can really see this, that this is to be celebrated, um, this idea of being completely different people, all billions and billions of us. And then what that opens up is a way of being with one another, where we can sit on the terrace, for instance here at our house and you and I can have a conversation and differ greatly in opinion about certain topics and yet still have an engaged and lively and exciting conversation where both of us are really enjoying this exchange of opinions, this exchange of perspective and where we can sit and listen to one another and not feel the need to bring the other person over to your kind of perspective or, or position about certain things. So I feel like that is a potentiality that is opening, opening up for us as a collective, the more that we really step into our own sovereignty as individuals. And, um, you know, timelines are are, are interesting because we could say that this might be one of those, those things that feel kind of far off in the distance still for us as a collective, um, a human collective. But at the same time, timelines shift and it can actually be one of the first things that we start to do. So yeah, this is exciting to have as an awareness and I hope that you explore where for yourself in your own life, You can already start to look at people with this perspective that their opinion is simply different, that there's no convincing needed, that we don't all have to be the same in order to be together or a collective with a joint vision for a better future. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that to this conversation for you to explore and play with Now, if any of these things that I discussed um, have landed deeply for you, and if you feel like you want to explore this more in a more structured um, kind of context, I am currently uh, taking applications for my six month uh, private coaching program. So if you're interested in exploring what that could look like for you and what we we could help you move through in these six months together, um, I'm putting the link to uh, the application page below. I would love to hear your thoughts. So thank you so much and speak again soon. Bye.